0: Hello everyone and welcome to the ChompCast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of people who want to discuss gaming together. It's that special time of year where people dress up in scary sexy and cool costumes that time of year where people frequent haunted houses and spooky themed amusement parks that time of year where people gather into a room or theater (laughs) to view a frightening movie in order to be spooked and yes some of you put on a horror game in order to be scared into the wee hours of the morning It's Halloween season, and it feels so good. Sometimes it can be difficult to find a new and quality horror game. Tell us. Tell us. Has there ever been a time where you scour digital storefronts, desperately wishing a scary game would pop out at you, making you think, finally, a game that will truly scare me? What if instead of having to search over and over, you could have the power to turn one game into a horror game? With a snap of your fingers, a game is immediately made spooky. Which game would you choose and why? That's what we plan to discuss today. Afterwards, we will discuss games that we've been playing, such as Plague Tale Requiem, Gotham Knights. Talk about a spooky game, and uh, doomy keeper. Just kidding, dome keeper. <laughs> Damn it, I thought that'd get a laugh. And we will round out the show with our Patreon shoutouts. <laughs> All right, let me introduce you to the voice you'll be hearing today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're. Were... <laughs> This is how old I am that that da, 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 I thought that was the intro to smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana da, 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 da. I know I know all right I am Shay and I will be your ghostly host for today's conversation Joining me today is a man who has attempted to hide his former identity in obscurity Reason being is that he became sort of a legend as a child His pregnant mother, excuse me, his pregnant young mother was walking through the streets with her child brother who is out trick-or-treating on one Halloween. Her little brother had heard of a large three-storied house in a neighborhood that was abandoned due to a particularly nasty murder case. Everyone in the area knew about it. He asked his sister to take him there. She reluctantly approved making it known that the only way they would go is if he would stay in the car and only look at it from afar he agreed upon arrival he sprinted out of the car and towards the house his sister parked the car quickly and rushed as fast as she could after him shouting his name he found a boarded window where the boards were coming off he pulled at them And to his surprise, they came off with ease, almost as if the house beckoned for him to come inside. There was no glass on the window, so he slipped in quickly. He didn't look around. He rushed to the front door to unlock it. His sister was waiting impatiently at the front door with a sour look on her face. Are you done? "'Can we go?' she asked with impatience and worry. "'I just want to look around for a minute,' he exclaimed, "'barely able to contain his excitement. "'Stay in here and look quickly. "'You aren't going inside the house.' "'Watch me!' he defiantly stated before sprinting up the staircase. "'She started to go after him. "'About halfway up the staircase, she felt water.' Leaked down her leg. She started to feel unimaginable pain as her contractions kicked in. Barely able to, she fumbled her phone out of her pocket and dialed 911. She called for an ambulance through cries and grunts. 10 minutes later, an ambulance arrived and began to assist her. She exclaimed, my baby brother is still in the house police arrived not a minute later and scoured the house. After several hours of looking, he was nowhere to be seen. For weeks, the police searched the house and the surrounding area, but he was never found. Meanwhile, his sister gave birth to a boy who was said to be cursed. His first year, he was ridiculed and bullied by the townspeople until his mother gave him up for adoption, unable to overcome her grief for her little brother. His adoptive family legally changed his name, hoping to give him a second chance at life. He has since grown up, having led a relatively normal life. On his 25th birthday, he was told of his adoption and what happened during his birth. He went back to the house, but found it bulldozed. Now, every Halloween... In the dead of night, he will be woken up by a haunting voice that whispers, You're a little bitch. Please welcome to the show, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing today?
1: Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Uh, I really wish you would stop coming to my house on Halloween. It's weird. It creeps me out. It makes everyone uncomfortable. We're just trying to get some sleep. I'm sorry. I thought like I was getting in the spirit
0: of things. You know, I thought you would appreciate me it's flying a mon- away from it's, Japan. It's a
1: Monday. Some of us have work.
0: That's true. I mean, technically, I have work too. I, I just like, I get in this. I just of used them sometimes. I take it too far. Yeah, I
1: just. I I, I take time off. I spend all this money. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 and insane. Is what it is.
0: It kind of is, but I also feel like a part of you appreciates.
1: And it. when you're when you're in the airport and they're stamping your passport and they're like, "What brings you to the United States, Mr. Layton, Business or pleasure?" And you're like, "A little bit of both."
0: <laughs> you know, it's hard to separate the two. From
1: each other. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's, some could say that you know this is an occupation, but boy, do I derive pleasure from it. That's true.
0: Boy, is that true? But uh, how are you doing today,
1: man? Uh, not bad. You know, hang, hanging in there. Here we are, hanging loose. Hanging brach? hanging loose, Brah, Brahim. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, dude, do you remember that time, like, the early 2000s?
1: Actually, all of 2000s, really, where... Well, I try and mostly forget it, but...
0: Actually, I opposite. I try and remember it because it's a better time than now. But um, where dudes would try and fit bro into, like, every kind of different interp- interpolation of it, like, hey,
1: bro Stradamus. Yo, what up, bro, bro Sidon, up, bro? king
2: of bros? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I I lived that? through the Great oh, Broning.
0: What's
1: good, Potato Chip?
0: <laughs> the Great Broning sounds like a gay porn, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, there's at least three of them. <laughs> oh. It's just Oh bro. Bro oh, bra- Bro. The Great Broning. <laughs> if there's a porn out
1: there that doesn't <laughs> exist like that, God does there need to be one. Uh, I'm not saying need, we gotta watch it. That's right? not, like, I'm not taking issue with that. Like, I don't know. Seems kind of cringe. I mean, like, here, here's the
0: thing. When we were growing up in the 2000s, 80s movies were all the rage. And, like, even now, hearkening back to that time, there is going to be a time when we are older and people are going to be uh, parodying, satirizing those
2: moments where we call them. Yeah. And everything, bro. Yeah, I think we might be heading uh, into that. It seems like the early aughts fashion is coming back, which is a mistake. A beautiful time, but you know,
0: dude, I see it all the time in Japan. It's like, like people have moved away. Like we've heard about it the past few years, moved away from like skinnier jeans. Now it's all like baggy and overly mm-hmm. washed look. And I'm like, damn, I like, I kind of like this, but also, what the fuck? Yeah, we it's keep kind of overcorrecting,
2: because because normal genes just don't say anything. We, you've got a you've got veer wildly, back and forth. Just, you know.
0: I mean, no, normal normal genes really just kind of code for the normal human being traits. Like it's more the mutated mm-hmm. genes you got to watch out for.
1: Well, I like a good mutation.
0: Well, you know what. I'm glad you're here, Rich. I'm glad you hear mutations and all. That's what they say. No pun intended. Um, now, I know some of you are wondering what happened to the little brother in the story. Well, there is a happy conclusion. While his sister was in the midst of giving birth in the stairwell of the house, the little brother snuck out the back, sick of his annoying and overprotective sister. He ran away having stolen a few hundred dollars from their parents. He made it over to an adjacent town, where upon entering, he collapsed from exhaustion. An older woman found him and brought him to her house, caring for him. She couldn't find an ID on him. After he woke up, she asked where he was from and where his family was. He told her, I, I, don't, ha- I don't have a family. They died years ago. Oh, you poor thing. She cried. (laughs) She took him in and raised him with her husband, who is a military man. They had children of their own, and they all accepted the boy. He was able to have a normal life, despite moving around a bunch from military service. The boy became an adult, got married, had children of their own, and started a video game podcast. Rich's uncle is here, and we are finally able to reveal it on air. Please welcome Josh Fowler. How are you doing today, Josh? Pretty good. Pretty good.
1: I don't think that timeline makes sense. I, uh... Time dilation. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, I'm not saying this very 100% believable, accurate story is held together by the sturdiest mm. of rope. In fact, I would probably say it's by, held together by, like, 25-year-old thread. Okay, okay, yeah. But, yeah. Mm. nonetheless, it is mm. held together.
2: Yeah. No, no, it, it... I think. Can't even see the seams. That's...
1: Yeah, right. Not yeah. Even A little bit. Not even <laughs> a little nope. Little there's bit. definitely no poking and prodding that can make this whole story fall apart.
0: <laughs> I mean, but did you guys see that ending?
1: Uh, I see? pretty much knew where it was going the second you decided to pick it back up. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So no, you didn't. Okay, cool. Um,
0: good to know. But how are you doing? I this wondered which job? one of us was gonna doing?
2: be the uh, the baby. From the story, which one was going to be the brother? Wait, Josh was the old woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were the old woman.
0: <laughs> now that is a twist.
1: <laughs> oh, you fuck. Yeah, that sounds
0: just like you. <laughs> Josh puts on a voice the whole time he podcasts. That's mm-hmm. his real voice.
2: It just—it's—it's it's oh. a little bit much for an audio format podcast.
1: Who wants a didn't you mm-hmm.
2: Me, actually, those things. Are I've not had one of those in ages. It's just, that's an opinion. Yeah. Those things. It's one of those things I never think to go. Josh, get, they're good, right? Yeah.
0: Right. They're like they're not amazing, but when you eat one, you're like, ah, that's way better than. Exactly. I remember.
2: Exactly. A lot of Halloween candies that way. Yeah. That's very true.
0: What is? What are your guys' opinions on bit of honey?
2: Like, I have no idea what, what that, that is. is. It's good. It's good. It's a. Uh, Anyway, it's 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 like a. uh, It's like a congealed
0: rectangle of honey.
2: Yes, it's it's like it's it's, it's heading in the toffee sort of like, caramel direction, but it's it's honey flavored. Well, not not just honey. It's like Mm. honey and like uh, sort of a peanutty nougaty, honey, toffee, thing. True. True. Sure. Sure.
0: It's real good. It's real good.
2: Would never go get one, but I don't we'll know. I steal all of them for my for my kids. You know.
0: As you should. I haven't thought about a bit of honey for years and then when we were talking about Charleston She I was like oh, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of honey. Actually that's a good like warm up question before we jump into the topic. if you could choose like to go back in time and you were a kid again and you were getting all of your Halloween candy, what was the number one thing you always looked forward to getting? When you were trick-or-treating. Hmm.
2: I'm diabetic. Oh, that's true. So the coma. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you actually look forward to the one house that would be the asshole to give somebody... No, a- actually,
1: oh, this oh, feels like you. it's totally not um, a thing that would exist now because of the world. But when I was a kid, the hospital had a program where you as a child with such a condition could bring your candy in and exchange it for money. Huh.
0: What?
1: That's pretty neat. So for for me, it was money. <laughs> that's what I must at. look forward yeah.
0: to. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. great treat. Josh, what was your favorite?
2: Ooh. Um... Hmm. I you want me to go first while you're thinking? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I
0: I think my two favorites when I was a kid were the little fun yeah. size Twix bars or the the little yellow six pack uh, box
2: of yeah. dots. Yeah, dots. Are, yeah, those dots are pretty dots good as a kid. Yeah, I think. Oh, oh I've I'm, also got two. I, I, I like the uh, the bottle caps. Okay. You know the little carbonated candies oh yeah. something i'd never just go get yeah. but like again it's a it's those are great those fun in there just you know a little fizzy candy it's yeah 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 those like fun. those things uh and then uh the little bite size butterfingers because that's that's the correct size oh, of yeah. butterfinger any more than that and it's just yep they're way way too much picking it's it out of much. your teeth
0: Yep, and that that was before they changed the formula mm-hmm. of the Butterfinger, which is a complete bastardized yes. version of what it yeah, was. Yeah, but those
2: those old Halloween bite size Butterfingers. I've were been excellent. told they
1: recently changed the Butterfinger formula again. Again, and it is and it is an improvement. Okay,
2: I'll I'll, I'll have to. Okay, i have to swing back around to the Butterfinger. See see where it's I say at.
1: It recently. It's like sometime within the last decade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I what was like? What was the most random thing you guys got? Random. I remember, I, was, hmm. I remember when I was six years old. I'll never forget this for as long as I lived. I was trick or treating, um, back in Great Falls in my hometown, and I'm I'm walking around the streets with my dad, and this guy, he's like, "Oh, happy Halloween!" Drops a can of Surge <laughs> in my bag, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, like I was so excited as a six-year-old kid. Like I got Surge, and my dad's like, "That's no, hilarious." Have that. I was like, just,
2: what? Just, just, yeah.
0: Why? My dad took it away from me because he said, that, "That's exactly." Too much caffeine for you.
2: It was actually a trick for the parents.
1: Uh, the the Surgeon General did say that the Surge was too much caffeine for any human. Yeah. The, the Surgeon
0: mm-hmm. General. This. The, uh, the, 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 Surge Surge in general
1: Yeah for me growing up It was probably that house That would give out Four locos What a (laughs) time
0: My parents never figured out Why I was stumbling around Towards the last few houses Because we would drink An energy beer (laughs) But what about you guys What was the most Extravagant Mm. or wild Item you got From trick or treating Can you guys remember Besides money rich
1: Money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I don't know. A rap sheet?
2: I don't think I ever really got anything that good. Like, every now and then you get the, like, you know, like the really crappy dollar store, like, toys that somebody would have in there. Like, mm. you know, like the vampire teeth or whatever, which... Yeah, oh th- God, those are those are fun for just kind of a, you know... But, like, not... not like yeah, exactly. I
0: don't. None of
2: it really stood and out too much. You put them in, much. and you're trying
0: to chew the candy with those vampire teeth, and you're like, "Wow, this yes, is yes, yes, exactly." At all. And then they just get tossed in your bag and mm-hmm. you never use them. Again. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's a good
1: call. bunch of C4 ones. <laughs> <Forts. laughs> uh.
0: That's fun. Always fun to give a kid. that's yeah, it's classic. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you guys are both here. I'm glad to do Halloween stuff. It hasn't felt very Halloweeny this year for me. Uh, that's what she you're said, a Halloweeny. But, Fuck um, you. Got him roasted. Fucking nerd. That weenie. That weenie is roasted. Fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about the topic of this week because. I always like doing like spooky horror Halloween style topics because it's something we don't usually address. So I I wrote this one in our backlog months ago to turn one game into a horror game. Which would you choose and why? So uh, Rich, I'm going to start off with you uh, as per usual. What game would you turn into a horror game? If you have the choice of one and Tetris, <laughs> no.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> those blocks are already spooky. Um, yeah, so this yeah. one is kind of like an interesting explanation because this is sort of an idea for a game I have had for a really long time, and the answer is Monster Hunter. Um, because mm-hmm. I would love okay. a version of Monster Hunter that is, and like maybe to some extent, this is almost like a a Resident Evil ass Monster Hunter where um. You're looking at, like, more confined spaces rather than, you know, open rolling fields of fantasy and smaller, more lethal monsters. Like, the idea of, like, four people armed up and locked in, like, you know, an asylum or, like, a a mansion or an underground lab or something being hunted (coughs) by a monster that, like, moves quicker and quieter and is smaller and more lethal. Um, Yeah, I know this immediately sounds like an asynchronous multiplayer game, but I'm always against that, just because I think it's more interesting when the monster is more cleverly designed and just an AI-controlled component. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of would be like a play on the whole, like, four party members on a monster, but uh, where the monster is a bit more lethal, scarier, like, in the proper horror sense. And, um, right,
0: like... Monster Hunter is more about like the fantastical and the, the
1: yes, yes, like it's barely monster at that point, but I think of it like as in the spirit of that and like who's who's being hunted, you know, like he's trying to isolate you and pin you down one by one. And there are certainly examples of games that are similar to this, um, but they're all asynchronous multiplayer and feel a little different because of that. Uh, so this would be a little bit more of a bigger sort of spectacle, like budget thing that I think could be interesting. Yeah.
0: I think it'd be cool if Monster Hunter did do that as, like, a one-off because they could dip into so many mythologies and pull from those and just make, like, a one-off horror game exactly as you're describing. And I think it would fit so well if you could just have a realm of all, like, real, real horror-esque creatures from mythology and then interweave some of their own Monster Hunter-ness of their own creatures into that as well I think that'd be a ton of fun I think that how much be, that's like a no-brainer how much
1: more scared of you uh would uh, a werewolf be if you showed up to the hunt uh wearing armor made out of Dracula skin <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be dope I think that like that kind of stuff would be cool and they could they could base abilities off of um like creatures you kill and artifacts or items you find and pull away from these creatures, that would be so cool.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, I think I think it ends up being, like, a largely different thing but, like, that starting as kind of the inspiration point is, I think, could be something cool and also takes a lot from, like, those VHS-style asynchronous multiplayer games yeah. but ends up feeling a little bit more like a teamwork-focused thing because you're not balancing it as a, a multiplayer, you know, one-on-four aspect. It's yeah. for players versus an AI that is deliberately overpowered.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think you could you those systems almost lend themselves to it with just a few tweaks, such as like you know, being able to lose anything you find on a on like a you know, hunting trip. Like, you know mm-hmm. you don't bank any of it until you get back. Like have to survive yeah, yeah. it. That like that would kinda you could you could add tension to that sort of system.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, there are aspects that you can then lean into, like, you know, setting traps and stuff, because the monster's going to try and isolate yeah. you and get you alone, but you can prepare and be ready for yeah, it. Yeah,
2: there's a bunch of that stuff that was, like, originally more important because of how strict some of the time limits were, like, you know, being able to track the monsters down and whatnot, that you could mm-hmm. bring back as, like, oh, I, I know the monster's in this general direction, which you know, is less important for the time limit than just so they don't sneak up and kill you type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think like, I think that's really interesting too, because you look at it from what the type of game that monster hunter has become in the recent years, like even more. So it's such a big open world sandbox style adventure that with that you could have, kind of the core elements of you wandering around and you run into these horror creatures, but you could also even interweave some interesting stories like where you're going to hunt, like kind of like what you guys are talking about, you're going to hunt a fabled horror-esque creature and somehow it has powers to separate you from the party and each one of you has to solve a different part of like a mystery in order to let the next player advance Kind of like a dungeon kind of thing. And when you guys solve all the things you have to solve, you are able to finally encounter the horror creature. Like, you could do cool limited-time missions and stuff like that, I think, in the world, because it's yeah. big enough to where you could pull some of that stuff off, and I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There, There's a good framework to work with there. Yeah.
0: Would you want it to be, like, a bigger... Open world style game, or would you want it to be a little I'd bit want more? I wanted to
1: contained? be con- absolutely contained, closer, more like confined spaces.
0: Okay, what, like, what, why would you want that? I think that uh, lends. To it, say
2: that it's that, I think I, that lends itself to better mad. horror. Yeah, I think if they wanted to do the open spaces, still they'd have to do more like forests or something, something to make your vision significantly impeded. At that, at, at yeah, most, kind yeah, like you said, if, like if you're going you know, with
1: open spaces,
2: smaller, smaller monsters. Not not strictly, yes. but you know, just because they're easier to sneak up on you and stuff. Sure, sure,
1: yeah, like interior in interior locations and stuff like yeah. that. Mm.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: I I mean I think that's a great yeah. nice choice. Um, to be honest with you.
1: Thank you. I'm You're good at this.
0: <laughs> well, now I don't like your choice anymore.
1: Anyway. Um, well, I didn't want your approval
0: anyway. <laughs> Lies. It's the only reason why you show up. Here. Yeah. Um, Josh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go next. Go ahead. Um, thanks, thanks, buddy. I would choose Ghost of Tsushima, actually, as a horror-inspired game, and I would leave it more <laughs> open world. It kind of in the vein of like when you would run into. Random horror esque missions in The Witcher Three. Yeah, because you had a few of those in Witcher Three, and those were some of the coolest missions in that game. But I think Ghost of Tsushima would be awesome um, if, like, for example, they made kind of an offshoot of the main story. Because obviously, uh, you like the main story is about an invasion from a, a warring tribe of yeah. Mongols, but yeah. I think if they, like, made it in the Ghost of Tsushima world... Yeah, yeah. Or they just transformed what the narrative is about because there is so much mythological horror in Japanese literature and history. Like, there is so much. Obviously, uh, probably some of the most famous uh, creatures are, like, the Kappa, Mm -hmm. which are the little frog-like spirits, but you have so many other things to pull from. And I wanted to give you guys a few examples of... Um, Some of of the ones I've seen or know a little bit about, Uh, for example, the the Akamanto, which is a masked spirit that frequents Japanese public toilets and just commits grisly murders in toilets kind of thing. (laughs) So you could, like, have somebody going to the restroom out in the open world and just gets brutally murdered and... Um, I think that would be, like, fascinating to come across something like that. Or uh, the Jorogumo, which is a half spider, half woman. um, That is actually based off of the real golden orb Weaver Spider. And basically, um, it's like a, a demon that is depicted as evil and just wants to eat human flesh. Imagine, you know, going through and doing missions as uh, Jin Sakai and then running into these horror esque creatures. Yeah. And I think the atmosphere of Ghost of Tsushima already is there to lend itself to that sometimes. I, I don't know if you guys remember there's one part in the game where you're just walking through this like misty
2: Yeah they landscape. have Yeah.
0: Imagine running into the horror
2: creatures. Yeah, they have like a, a horror side quest uh like on the the first island kinda down like southeast horse in the island somewhere where there's these you know serial killer or something going on then yeah um, that was really well done already so I, I, I think I think they could pull that off
1: I think that would translate well yeah just something a little bit more steep than like horror mythology set in a similar setting would, would work very yeah. easily
0: I, I absolutely think so and I think that because Japanese horror movies are a little bit popular abroad, especially like you know with the the remake of Uringu uh, or uh, the Ring in America, mm-hmm. and there are other there are other films that have been Americanized from Japanese horror. I think that there would be some familiarity there with people already as it is, and it would be an easy uh, jump to for that yeah. game. And the thing, the thing I really like about my pick is that that game already has a lot of really great character development they do such a good job with character development in that game it would be really cool to be able to you know go on these missions with these characters that have great character development and turn it into a more horror inspired storyline yeah imagine if like for example norio um in, in the in the game, you were helping him and his tribe of warrior monks defeat a group of Mongols, which goes against the typical Buddhist monk approach until you learn kind of the history of what happened around that yeah. time where there was a group of warrior monks who were fighting back. Imagine if you were going through Nodio's storyline where he was encountering all these horror creatures come to find out that they were the horror monks who died who were haunting him
1: for not... I am afraid no ghosts. Exactly. And then everyone would but dance. Like
0: stuff, stuff like that, where, you know, it would take the events of the original game and horrify them. Yeah. You know, in some way. Shut up! Rich, what's.
1: That? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, uh, I think yeah. that's a good yeah. pick.
0: Yeah. And uh, like, also, because Kitsune, uh, or foxes. They're such a prevalent uh, spirit type creature in actual Japanese lore, mythology. Yeah, there's already a slight element of
1: mysticism to a lot of the stuff in that game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what a little bit of what Neo uh, Neo 1 and Neo 2 were going for, but it was more like the dark Let me tell you about a
1: game called Sekiro.
0: (laughs) Sekiro as well, but I think like those games also focus more as more much if not more on the spec, the spectacle, and the f- the It's f- not fan. straight horror, yeah. Yeah. Just,
1: yeah, I think, like those games. It's like gothic, gothic fantasy, horror. rather yes, than horror, yes, which it, is different. Yes,
0: it is, yeah. But like to go just straight horror, I think Ghost of Tsushima already has the framework there that would lend itself so well, and I think like because the game is beautiful and has those pockets of like. Beauty and light and things like that, it would it would lend itself as well. You think about if a game was just strict horror through and through like that, it would be overwhelming because it's like 40 plus hours of horror. But there are moments in that game where if you guys remember, you're composing the haikus or you're sitting at the onsens, like those yeah. kind of things. Those would be great like temporary reprieves for the yeah. player to just, like, wind down and as the character giving him a moment to center Well,
1: it's itself. it's like, you know, safe rooms in Resident Evil. Like, you always need a space where you feel safe. There's that moment of reprieve of, like, locking the door and being like, okay, we're safe here. It's why the, the greatest moment in uh, Resident Evil 3 is when Nemesis breaks into the one safe room and you're like, no, these were the rules.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, I, th- I think Resident, like, that is one thing that Resident Evil does as a series doesn't get enough credit for they have really good impeccable timing with dealing with those kind of scenarios but also making you feel safe in those moments but yeah like exactly what you're saying having that in ghost of tsushima which already kind of has that as the framework it would make those moments impactful in a very different way and in some ways more impactful so I don't know. I could talk honestly. I could talk about this yeah. for an hour if, I, if, if I'm being straightforward. Like I think, like I was telling Rich before the podcast, I was like, I came up with this topic and I'm not sure I have a good answer for it. But as I started, um, as I started thinking about it more and more, I was like, Ghost of Tsushima makes perfect yeah. sense for me." Like, man. Yeah, no, that's I just a good talking about. It makes me want to play that game again. I love that game.
1: It, thinks you're, Anyways, okay. uh, it thinks you're just okay. It
0: thinks you're just okay. you know, join the club. Okay. Anyways, uh Josh, I'll throw it to you. I'll I'll, I'll shut yeah, my Yeah. Um
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, please
2: do. Right I away. I'm waiting for it. It's nice. It's um <sighs> The Last Guardian. I think mm. could be a really good horror game. Um okay. Because you could kind of already tell all all those games have elements of of horror in them just with the way they handle you know just the 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 overall feel of the game. Um But especially Mm. The Last Guardian seems like they're really kind of leaning on this helpless feeling of the main character, who you're, you know, really relying on the cat bird to to help you out and whatnot. Uh, And the enemies Mm -hmm. are, you know, just completely unstoppable without your cat there to help you with. Right. However, uh, it seems like they kind of took a while to get around to some of those ideas, uh, to the point where you're you're using this these wonky controls and um, AI that's frustrating in a way that only a real cat is. Um, that. That's true. I think they needed you scared before you were kind of dealing with a lot of that. And I think having the enemies be present way more often and have them just be a nearly, nearly constant threat uh, could have done an awful lot to just kind of help that game's story really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah just. Yeah, exactly. It kind of. Like the game almost came together. is kind of where what I, what I think happened there. But like, they had all these systems in place there, and then it was it ended up feeling more puzzly and more set piece type thing. And I think had the, you know the, just more enemies had them, uh, you know, just around in more areas with just kind of random patrols and AI and whatnot. I think they could have made it feel um just better overall by leaning into the horror aspects of that game uh like frankly you lean into them enough then even your garbage controls seem like oh that's just what horror games do um <laughs>
0: I mean, what's what's one thing that you've pointed out, like, indirectly that I wholeheartedly agree with, is the pacing is kind of off on that game, because you're doing a lot of puzzles, and then suddenly you run into yeah. these creatures. That is the perfect pacing for a Yeah, game.
2: yeah, and exactly, exactly. Like, and it makes sense where if you just kind of had to be careful while you're exploring around and whatnot to not get found, and then you, you could still have the set pieces where way more of the enemies show up, and then you've got, like sort of, again, puzzle-y sort of enemy encounters with just way more of them where you can get yourself screwed by not paying attention to the levels, you know, just the design around you. Um, I I think there's... That's one of those games that I hated while playing with it that has really stuck with me a lot just given kind of a lot of the story stuff going on because there is an interesting story set up and whatnot there but it it really does it seems like it should have been a horror game or something something to make a a lot of those narrative choices gel with what you're actually experiencing going through it Uh, be something more than just frustrating yeah yeah um
0: the, the, the biggest, like, I think the biggest boon of that turning it into a horror game is that the big, I think the biggest horror of it all would have been Trico actually responding perfectly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, cause again, it's more frustrating whenever he doesn't do what you're hoping for. Whereas if, you know, it's life and death at this point, like that could end up feeling way more tense, um
0: yeah and like it's if it's something where it's an actual like legitimate scary creature if it's like some kind of like mythological mystical supernatural fantasy scary creature supernatural is not the right word there fantasy creature like ah, okay you know this is gonna suck Trico, hurry the fuck up but if it's like something vicious actually supernatural something that frightens you even just a smidge then you're going to want to be like, Trico, yeah. hurry the fuck up. Like, you know,
2: that, yeah, absolutely. Get your shit together. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, like, despite my personal feelings about a lot of the frustration mm-hmm. I had playing that game, I definitely think I would have excused it a little bit more if it was a horror game. And I think a lot of what's happening in that, in that game would have been made better by it just
2: Yeah, being a and game. again... Like you can tell that the, the intention is almost there because they've done this twice now with enemies you can't really kill in The Last Guardian and even in Eco where, you know, enemies show up and you've got a companion who's just completely helpless and you feel like you're kind of getting overwhelmed a lot of the time. And it's, it's they're not really going mm. for a horror, horror feel, but a lot of the framing is kind of that, you know, you guys trying to escape. Um, and it seems like that thread is there, uh, if they just, you know, followed it a little bit further with, uh, like, specifically The Last Guardian, I think it could do a lot to, uh, to make that game really shine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, like, like, how cool would it be if... That game was like not I don't want to say remade per se, but it was reimagined, yeah. and it, it was made into a horror game. And like they wouldn't have to change much other than, you know, maybe like some textures and some of the enemies and stuff like that. But I think people would give it another shot. Like imagine if that was a whole because like the remakes and re- remasters are such a huge thing right now. What if there was like a a new style of game where it was like reimagined? Yeah. And that's kind of in some in some ways. I know it's toted as a remake, but in some ways, that's kind of what Final Fantasy VII yeah. is now. It's like a reimagining. It's largely the same story, but like there was a reimagining category where you take one game and you have like the core elements there, but you turn it into a like a s- slightly to sizably different mm-hmm. video game. I, mean, that would be, I think that game would be a great candidate for something like that. Sure, yeah. Where you you take the bones of The Last Guardian and you turn it into a horror game. I think that would fit really well. This house has good bones. What is that
1: from? Ah, I can't remember.
0: It's got to be from something. No, like,
1: I mean, I'm, sure, I'm 100% sure probably. you're correct. I just...
2: I, Beetlejuice? I can't remember. But... It might be. It, I mean, it was a phrase before that, but I think maybe that's from... Maybe? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I'll
2: have to look it up. We have enough time for
0: one more. One more. If, Rich, do you have like a runner up? I then? do
1: not. This one took me a while to think of anything at all. Okay.
0: Can I, yeah, go can ahead, I go say ahead. my runner up?
2: No.
1: Uh, <laughs> we prefer you
2: didn't. We barely made it through the last one. Okay. <laughs> you know, go ahead, but we're going to cut it in post. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding (laughs) did you guys actually feel bad no no Uh, No, I you know I know there are games that are very similar to this and and I think LA Noir Noir would be a really good choice to turn into a horror game where instead of like Solving crimes and stuff like that and it's more predicated on uh, the main character's journey of uh, become going from police officer to a LA detective and then bat being uh, put back to a beat cop back into a detective and stuff like that. He was kind of su- solving supernatural murders and events like that. I think that would be a really cool game because of the whole interview process and it could be kind of like a, an adult Scooby-Doo kind of thing of like Who Done It with, with looking for probably clues feel like
1: similar that. to those Frogware Sherlock games. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that in some ways.
0: Like I think with a little bit more action as well because L.A. Noir has a little bit of action. Obviously, it's not the main focal point of it, but it does have a little bit. I think that game would be really fun where you're you're delving deep into, like, the mystery and the solving and finding the clues, but in a supernatural way. I think that would be a really fun game to do that with. Um, sure. Because desp- despite, like, the shortcomings of that game, because it objectively wasn't the greatest game even at the time, and it had it was groundbreaking for the facial animation at the time, and it had a good structure for what it was trying to do. It just never fully capitalized on that i think if they were to turn that more into a horror-esque style and um took that formula a step further it would it would lend itself really well and i don't think there are a lot of um high budget or AAA, whatever you want to call it games in the medium right now that are doing something like that as the main focal point again i could talk about witcher 3 they had a few story uh side story elements where you did that, where you're kind of searching around for the supernatural element and you're using, uh, I can't remember what it's called, the Witcher sense or whatever it is. It's the equivalent of the detective mode in Mm -hmm. the Witcher. P-Vision. And you're trying to like find clues and stuff that leads you to end up having to fight like a Banshee or something along those lines. It had those elements, but to have that as the core gameplay of a video game, there's not a lot of games that have that as the main Element out there in the AAA or high budget market right now, so I think that would make a lot of sense if Ellie Noir was to come out with like Ellie Noir Supernatural uh, or Ellie Noir Horror or something like that. I think it'd be a great game.
2: Yeah, for yeah, they could call media. it Angel or something.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or Bucky. yeah, no, the Seth Green could be in it for an episode yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's maybe like a dragon at the end. Mhm. Uh-huh, mhm. Uh-huh. Dragging my balls across the face <laughs> It's like Adam. a ghost trapped in an office building, and because of a bad writing decision, you can't really do anything. <laughs> with the character. Oh uh, yeah.
2: God, that first season really was just so strong compared to the rest.
1: Why did they trap Spike in the office uh, building? It was he couldn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think Ellie Noir would be a good choice
0: for, for, like, in my personal opinion. That's like backup. That's like a backup. Yeah. Obviously, I would still go with Ghost of as my main choice, but I think Ellie Noir would be fun yeah. as well. What about you guys? Do you guys have any, like, one backup that you can think of? or No.
1: <laughs> okay. Croc 2. Okay. No questions.
2: Okay. <laughs> I will not be accepting questions. Josh, do you have a backup? Or I mean, nothing? yes, backup? and kind of for similar reasons. Of I think a lot of the designer already heads this direction. Um, Breath of the Wild. Dude, that was like my number three
1: choice. I, I I've mentioned this before how I think the hard. mode I did think about that too. Just hadn't expanded upon. Like, I didn't expand upon the thoughts at all, so I didn't yeah. want to bring it yeah. up. <laughs> I,
2: like I think I I've talked about this before about how the hard mode really makes a lot of the systems in that game sing, with making making you yeah. actually care about the weapon durability, um, and 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 I think. Leaning into that even more, like maybe getting rid of you know the infinite use powers and whatnot, and really forcing you to care about the stealth systems and how much damage you can actually even do um, by having enemies. I mean, and frankly, just the enemies in the hard mode already will kick your ass like nothing else. Anyway, it would you wouldn't have to do an awful right. lot to make enemies, you know. More dangerous you just, just make Even them Also fun. scarier um, You'd probably Also need to rework The stealth system A little bit Because it, it would Be way too easy To get overwhelmed I think With with the systems Exactly like they are now But um, Yeah Yeah Make it way easier To pull An enemy or two Instead of You know An entire enemy Camp Like like you kind of do Anyway um, Yeah Yeah I, Like again The weapon durability is a really cool design choice in order to make you think about your combat encounters. Um, And it really frustrated a lot of people because there's cool stuff around all the time. And frankly, I think you could just crank those numbers down, like have all of them, have weapons break even sooner. So it's a major concern. Major, major so concern. It's whether you know, you know, you're going to get into a fight and not have a weapon halfway through it, um, and have to yeah. run away. Like there's, there's so much cool stuff you could do with that. Um, just as a design choice, and then frankly, I think the open world even works pretty well for that. Um, the way it's designed works yeah. very well. What
0: one thing I want to say to that is, why hasn't Nintendo come out with DLC? Horrifying that game
1: because right? it's Nintendo. It makes, per-
0: dude, like they would have made so much money because the thing, like you think, you think about it. Nintendo is obviously a very family-friendly company, and I get that. Uh, no knock on that at all. So you'd worry if you made like a horror Zelda-style game that a lot of people wouldn't be able to buy. Into yeah, that, right. Mm-hmm. But if you were to make a DLC where it's like optional, where you can turn the game into a horror game. Like I think they would make a lot of money off that. I don't know how much would go into the process of having to like redo a game into a horror-esque version of that. But like, even if they sold that as DLC for forty dollars, I would buy that shit immediately. And I know. I mean, it's not completely outside the
2: wheelhouse. I mean, they've had they had horror elements in several Zelda games at this point. I mean, the 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 fucking undead and. Ocarina of oh, Time just terrifying. There's plenty of Spooky terrifying. shit um, in Zelda. Yeah, yeah, like both both the N64 games, they really leaned into some of those horror aspects. Um, and then they, they, they reapproached but that they, again later on, although I don't think they were quite as scary as, you know, like just the unintentional, man, we're going to design this enemy to just freak you out um, type Skeletal stuff. Skeletal House is right. terrifying. <laughs>
0: That, but, like, that, that was also yeah. indicative
2: of the times, 90s. I would
0: say, in retrospect, is, like, as it was more experimental, there were a lot more, like, horror aspects.
2: That in like just other random games. Gaming culture yeah. in general.
0: And they've toned that yeah. down a lot. They've toned that down a lot. But I think, like, if they made it a DLC, something that you could willingly and optionally. Yeah, I don't even think it would need to be, like, a DLC.
2: You could do dollars. something even along the lines of, like, the the areas where you show up and they take away all your stuff. You could do that, but just have specific areas where any enemies you find, or not enemies, but like any of the items you find are like the old rusted uh, Hyrulean equipment that you find like around the castle and stuff oh, that does I more agree. damage, but also breaks after like five swings. Um, no, I yeah. I agree with you. I think that like there
0: are very few moments like the, the Dark mm-hmm. Island, like where you can't see... Hardly anything like that. That was yeah. one of my favorite parts in Breath of the Wild, and I think those moments, the few and far in between that happen in that game, are really cool. But I, I guarantee yeah. you there are people out there that are like, I want the full experience to be yeah that. And if that's the case, then like a DLC, exactly. Even like, it was just a, honestly, a mode, we
2: know we know or whatever Nintendo like, like they w- kind of kind of like that yes. hard mode version of it, like a horror mode tuning to right. this game or whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah
0: exactly and we we know we know nintendo they'd want to make money off of this as much as they can and so like for me i'm saying like i know they would want to charge a lot of money for this i know at least 40 dollars is something they could probably charge and they would they would get people to pay it i know i would pay for it i know both of you would pay for it but like to have them turn breath of the wild like uh enable a mode that could turn the entire game into a horror game dude i think that shit would sell and i don't i like as much as i love this topic and it's really fun i don't understand why and and again this is outside looking in i don't know what goes into the game development or the choices that people make uh when they are in these companies why more games don't look into doing like that making a horror mode something like that like because all the choices we've brought that we have brought up here to me honestly they all make sense and I feel like all of them would make money and people would be interested because there are great horror games out there but people are always looking for more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm surprised that hasn't become a trend where games don't include a horror mode built into their game or sell it as a DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean like tr- truthfully if 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 like that I'm not talking about every game out there, but a lot of the games that you guys have loved over the past five, ten years. Think about them. If a lot of those games, the companies came out and said, "Hey, we're going to sell a twenty-dollar, thirty-dollar, forty-dollar DLC pack where you can turn this in, this game into a horror game, like the whole thing is actual horror. It feels scary. Mm-hmm. Would you guys pay for a lot of that DLC?
1: That would be for, probably think about some probably a case by case basis, but probably. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think it's right. Frankly horror or not, it'd be interesting to see more of like alright, we made this game, we've got some systems in there here's a DLC that's doing something very different with the game we made already. Like, that that's just an interesting as a concept and I know you're probably it's probably not a big money maker for a lot of smaller companies because it's gotta be someone who already wanted the first game and then also want something completely different so you're you're kind of you're kind of right. cutting your audience twice by doing something like that. Yeah. Um, right. So that that's probably a harder idea to sell. Um, you know, especially sure. just from like a sure. you know it's like, it's
0: it's, a, it's a, exactly it's a niche exactly. Thing.
2: But I I think it's so really interesting like just for me. You know. Oh sorry. What can you do with a game that's already been made? Type of mm. a you know like systems level. Thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Right.
0: Like, e- even imagine if some of the stuff was more built into some games. Like, no, like take No Man's Sky for example. If, what if they had worlds there that like had in-game warnings, like warning there might be some terrifying imagery or ter- terrifying things. Shit's to about to, get fuck yeah. to go. Fuck yeah! And there was some like horror-style planets, like ones that really scared the fuck out of you. That'd be cool. Like, yeah, integrating some yeah. stuff. Like, imagine going into, like, a, a world on No Man's Sky and, like, you're digging underground looking for resources and then you encounter some type of, like, swarming enemy that will kill you and you have to run away from it, All la, like, Deep Rock Galactic or, like, the flood of Halo, something like that where you are running away from a horror-esque yeah. style situation. Like, that would be so cool. Why? Like, I get why, in principle, why games don't do it because you want to appeal to the widest swath of audience members and gamer game enthusiasts and gamers tm mm-hmm. and all that shit but i get horror is a more niche genre a more niche style but making it available in that way i feel like you would actually in some ways open open it up to where more people could become interested in it. especially if like you're playing breath of the wild for example where It is a more family-friendly style game. That would be probably a more family-friendly version of horror. Yeah. And that would ease people into some of the more terrifying, scarier horror-style games. So. Yeah. 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 I think you know what I'm learning. You know what I'm learning by this podcast? I didn't realize how much I want horror (laughs) games. Horror games are
1: good, (laughs) man. They can be. They can be. I didn't realize how much I cared about. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to play Callisto Protocol. I'm, well I mean um, it's not coming to your yeah, country yeah
0: well I mean all my all my consoles are uh, registered in the yeah. American store so
1: hmm.
0: but to be fair you know what was uh, the most horrific thing I went to the this uh, store uh, this department store in my city a few days ago and for 90% off there was a bin full of anthem
2: that's un. That's setup. unplayable. Yeah. It's like, that, does that disc even do anything at this point? It it brings you to a yeah. menu,
0: and that mm-hmm. is the true horror. Is they're trying to make money off that game that is not yep. playable
1: anymore. I would buy it. I would have bought for the it. Disc
0: at this being, point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. It's the same reason I have a sealed copy of Paragon on my shelf. You can't do anything with that, but it's yep. funny. Yeah.
0: I I like to make slightly more sound. Natural eh. choices. Nah,
1: it's your. It's dumb. You're yep. Dumb. I know, I know,
0: but yeah, more like what I'm learning from this podcast is we want more high-profile horror games, and we want more modes yeah. in our games that allow us the capabilities of having those and
2: I, I think horror elements. Kind of going back to that of like, it can be added into a game because it can be taken out of a game with stuff like. Um, Subnautica, where they accidentally made a horror game, and then had to make a mode with the enemies turned off, basically, um, because they accidentally made a game that was terrifying to a lot of people. Um, so, like, this is—it's <laughs> right. not a. This isn't that out there of an idea, um, yeah. I don't think so. It's just like it's like more of
0: an investment, and yeah. it depends on if companies and devs want to put that time and money into invest into something like that. I I honestly think if they did, they would make a good chunk of money. Yeah. Especially with like something like Breath of the Wild where all the assets are are Mm -hmm. already there. That they like they, obviously there would be more work put into it. I'm not denying that. Yeah,
2: even if it was just a That's standalone right. thing Down. instead of a DLC, like you said, uh, something a la Majora's like, uh, Mask, uh, well, like we were talking about. How about like, this thing yeah, that literally yeah. did the thing we're talking about, which is Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm fine with more games doing stuff, stuff like that. Me too,
0: me too. Well, do you guys have any final thoughts before we head to
1: break? I think we hit most boner
0: Wait, I did hit most of that boner but uh, that boner was too long for me to punch all of it I mean you take what you can Okay. and that ladies and gentlemen is what she said got her Yeah, no pun intended but uh, let's head on a break and uh, we will be right back and we will be talking about the games we've been playing so don't go anywhere we'll see you in a
1: few you know, Shay, Josh, when I listen to the ChompCast, I don't just listen to the ChompCast. I be what do you chomping. do? I be chomping. You be chomping? I be chomping. What do you mean? You know, I chomp it to the east, and I chomp it to the west, and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com, where I listen to the ChompCast. Oh, Oh, shit. What else could I find there? What's at SwordChomp.com? At SwordChomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah. You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window. And I roll it down, and he shines his light on me, and I say, I be chomping. (laughs) What did he say? Uh, He was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said I be chomping. I be chomping.
0: We fucking got we're back. Guess we are. <laughs> I almost got Josh to choke on his food. I was working on choke,
1: it. Choke, daddy. Choke that shit.
0: Anyways, um, we're to talk about some games now. Because, uh, people play games around these parts and we gotta talk about them. Not really. Okay. Uh, and that's the end of the show. Thanks, thanks for stopping
1: cool.
0: by. Yeah, thanks. Next week, we will definitely talk about video games, No, maybe. we won't. <laughs> Fuck you, we're just kidding. I don't know. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Rich, you played a little bit more of that game.
1: Yeah, I've n- not really had time to put a ton more time into this one, but um, they sure do... How do I put this? They really go overboard with the rats this time. Uh, they're really showing off that tech, baby. Uh.
0: Oh, like overboard in a good way or a bad way?
1: I think in a good way. Like they're really kind of showing what they could do. Uh, I will. I will say this to remain unspoilery. I just finished Act Four, and for anyone who's playing this game, uh, I just did the part where you have to crash Bandicoot away from the rats.
2: Ah, um, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> And yeah, I like the sound of that. They really like showing off the tech here. Uh, I, I, like I said, you guys haven't gotten around to it yet, and I haven't played much more, so I really don't have that much new to say. But the puzzling is still good in the sequel. Um, they are expanding upon Amicia's tool set now in a way that I think is interesting and sort of bringing you back up to speed on all the old uh, alchemy craftables, so you could mm-hmm. throw fling like those fire starters and. Um, there's some more prolonged, like tar-based stuff now, which is new. Um, tar you can use to sort of blind guards, or you can throw tar on an existing flame to temporarily increase its intensity. Okay. Um. Okay. There's some some cool some cool stuff uh happening, and uh, Amicia is way more bloodthirsty this time around. there's a lot of murder happening, and I'm into it.
0: So you've been really enjoying what's been happening in the narrative so far, without, like, any...
1: Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I don't really want to get into discussing details of it, but... Uh, yeah, so far, so good. Some Got past some big set pieces, and I'm interested to see what direction the story is going to turn in now.
0: Okay. Okay. Like, obviously, it's very preliminary, so it's it's tough to, sk- to say, I would imagine, but are you enjoying... Requiem's story as much as you enjoyed Innocence so far?
1: I think that's really going to depend on where it goes. Like, right now, I'm in the the throes of a lot of setup, so... Hmm. And a lot of stuff that was set up in the original, so... I think the the payoff is a big determining factor on that.
0: That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I imagine it is probably too early to say. I just didn't know if you had any strong opinions about it one way or another.
1: i wouldn't say just possible. yet i don't think anything is uh, like there's i don't really have reason for worry but like nothing that has been some amazing revelation that has changed my you know viewpoint on the original or anything has happened yet
0: okay okay so i'll have to probably check back in next week on that more because i think by that time i will have played a sizable chunk of it if not finished it at that point I imagine you will probably get to that point as well
1: yeah yeah. I'm not sure exactly how long it is but time permitting
0: yes exactly and hopefully
1: Josh will have gotten around to it by that yeah. point
0: as well I know he's been busy this past week but um, hopefully yeah we will be able to talk about it as a group next week
1: sexually Mm-hmm.
0: and spiritually
1: no definitely not
0: fine uh, Rich, you also played Gotham Knights this week, which has been a topic.
1: It has been. Uh, which is. Uh, all right, here, let's talk about Gotham Knights, because I played a lot of it. Um,
0: okay, and that's the end of the Gotham Knights section, so now we're going <laughs> to.
1: I don't think this thing is as aggressively bad as the internet wants you to think it is. I would argue that it is aggressively mediocre it is the most 6.5 out of 10 game i have played this year and if i didn't absolutely love batman i would have put it down already Hmm. um because it's a it's a really good batman (laughs) story and i'm in the midst of a write-up for this that's gonna might be up before this podcast is even up um like in large swaths The thing, there are things this game does really right, and then it completely shits the bed on other things. Like, it it has that sort of spirit of the Arkham series, but is a totally different thing, and I think should be accounted for that. But the things it tries to do the most differently, it does worse. Um Okay. And namely, being... I I played a lot of this before I I left for the week, so I want to say I'm maybe close to 20 hours in. Um, Some of the stupidest decision-making it does is barring elements that make the game more fun behind progression. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, so many skill tree talents that make the game feel more engaging, both combat-wise and traversal-wise, are locked up. Namely, imagine if you started a Batman Arkham game... And Batman could not use his cape to glide. Because that is a thing this game gates. Uh, why now? What? <sighs> every every character has a unique like R2-based traversal ability that is locked behind their knighthood quest, which is something you can knock out in about an hour for each character from the start of the game. But it's a side activity, and it's mundane. It's like, beat this amount of enemies, beat this many crimes in progress... And also, everyone's is so varying and strange, like... Nightwing's is easily the best, which is he just has a... Nightwing can basically fly. He just has a jet-powered glider that's, like, yep. he, he'll never drop. You can just be pulling yourself back up. Batgirl has literally Batman's cape. Identical ability. So hers feels good and is the most notable. Red Hood's is the worst. Um, he has an ability called Mystic Leap. Uh which is some sort of residual energy he has from being brought back alive in the Lazarus Pit that basically lets him do never-ending double jumps, but they're so sporadic and weird um, and just don't feel right, so they don't feel great to move around with. Um, And then Robins I might like the most in terms of being purely innovative, which is they're really leaning off the Tim Drake's Robin being a technical genius. Uh, so, Robin hacks the, uh, JLA satellites and is using them to short-range teleport. Uh. (laughs) Okay. And when I say you literally, basically, you hold down his traversal button, and it brings you to a sky shot with a cursor, where you have seven seconds to literally change your elevation and move, and then drop yourself out wherever. Like, You can scale buildings very quickly as Robin, which is kind of fun and effective. Um, Beyond that, every character kind of... Like, as someone playing this single player, even though there is a lot of co-op stuff in it, um, it's fun to switch up characters every now and then, because there is... I should say this, because I think it is the smart choice. There is one set progression in experience bar. When you level up, you unlock one ability point on every character. You don't have to grind all four of them out individually. And I am thankful that, for that. No, that's good.
2: <laughs> that's that's really good.
1: Because um, everyone plays very differently. Like, Batgirl easily feels the most like Batman. Nightwing, they very much lean into that whole Dick Grayson is an acrobat thing, and he feels like has a really good air game. Yeah. Um, Red Hood is the only one where his ranged attacks feel like more of a focus than his melee, because he has guns, but the melee hits like a goddamn truck. Um, and Robin is the one who's really stealth based, like for example and these feel like weird decisions that sort of gate the way I choose my characters and it's an ability on a skill tree Robin is the only one who can do inverted takedowns okay which are the, for yeah. anyone who hasn't played an Arkham game in a long time, those are the takedowns where you string uh, a thug up from like a perch Uh, he's the only one with abilities like that, and then a lot of his abilities are things like takes enemies 15% longer to notice Robin, like he is built
2: for stealth. Um, Which is the way I play this game a lot of the time. I mean a lot of this doesn't sound bad in theory of the, let's not make anything new but just you know split Batman's toolkit up into a variety of characters that you then play co-op with That's that's and I do think that
1: stuff works the things that aren't neat are I really wish this weren't a loot game like swapping out gear all the time having a gear level uh, because of that a lot of the side activity bosses like Mr. Freeze and Harley Quinn all feel like they're super built to be like this grindable activity you do do again and and again Um, which is not great And Kind of similar to how I felt about Avengers at the time I think that sucks because I think the story is really interesting mm-hmm. Um It is built very much around that whole Batman is dead idea, I've said it before Some of the best Batman stories start with Bruce Wayne Kicking the bucket yep. Um It is a, a very Court of Owls focused story Which we don't get a lot of because The Court of Owls is just barely a decade old As far as Batman mythos goes But um yeah, I mean I'm plugging along at it. I think it's well acted. I think the story is good. There are just aspects of it that feel a little too built up to be games as a service C, which mm. uh, isn't great, but I do I do want to see where it goes. Yeah. Okay.
0: This like so obviously it's hard to definitively say with certainty, but why do you think this game is getting so much hate right now?
1: Uh I mean there're different varying reasons obviously and I, I think it's yeah, aggressively ones. mediocre. I think that frame rate issue was a big thing. Yeah. Um and I think also it's the legacy of the Arkham series because the Arkham games are with the exception of the one that this studio made. Uh just pointing that out everybody. Uh are exceptional exceptional uh action games. And this is just an aggressively mediocre one. And when you're holding, when it's clearly standing in the shadow of that series, it's going to make it look worse by comparison. Hmm. That
0: makes sense. I mean, like, just in general, do you feel like the whole frame rate issue thing has been a big issue in gaming that has kind of just gone... I think a lot of people... Largely
1: undiscussed. I think a lot of people who actually don't understand frame rates love comparing, complaining about frame rates. Um, like, would this game be much better at 60 FPS? Yeah. Uh, I'm playing at a 30 FPS. It's it's mostly a stable 30 FPS. There's some
2: hiccups occasionally. It's fine. It's... it's. This is not a shooter.
1: This, exactly. You don't need...
2: That makes way more sense for a game where you're in first person where that sort of moving the camera on quickly will cause you, you know, persistence of motion problems, like motion sickness problems, if you don't have a smooth frame rate. Like, we've played everything at 30 frames per second forever. Like, it, this should be fine. For this style of game. game. And it is. It is.
0: Um... I, I was the reason why I asked that is because I saw a post a few days ago about like how frame rates have been 30 Fps since like the ps2 mm-hmm. era and people are complaining about it and whatnot so for me like I am one like admittedly I am one of those people that don't worry about frame rates as much or, or don't understand it to a larger degree because I'm not a PC gamer and I've never really worried as much about yeah I just it's never been at the forefront of my mind and I get why some people, who play games more competitively and stuff like that worry about frame rates but they were talking about like it's an issue that doesn't get discussed enough that needs to be discussed more and i was kind of thinking like I, is it that really that big of a deal and so not in curious, most like,
1: games is-, is it cool when games like this run at 60 fps yeah cuz it feels like fucking butter to this day you want to talk about shit that ran like a dream on the ps2 jack 2 baby 60 frames in Jack Two, and boy, that not in the re-releases of it, not in the PS4 version, Somehow. but the PS2 version of Jack Two runs like butter. Yeah,
0: yeah that's dope. Dude, like, I I get I get why some people get a boner for higher frame rates. I get it. everybody has their own things they focus on, like fidelity yeah. or frame rates or things like that. I've never been the guy who like the type of person I should say that really loses their mind over like the cutting edge of how something looks or plays I like I'm I've always been more worried about like narrative or art direction or music stuff like that but I get why people want a good yeah frame rate. I do yeah. but
2: also 70% of the people complaining probably still have motion smoothing turned on on their TV so yeah people, glass houses yeah. people
0: It's interesting. It's an interesting topic, I guess, in general. And that's maybe something we can discuss another day in full detail. Sure. uh, Instead, we're going to talk about (laughs) Doomy (sighs) Keeper.
2: It's true. Um, So, Dome Keeper is one I've been kind of watching for a little while. um, um, Just because it kind of had... SteamWorld dig plus, like, sort of a, uh, um, old school arcade, you know, like, missile defense type aspect thrown in there, like, okay, you go, go dig up a bunch of resources, bring them back to your dome, and, uh, defend from the next wave of oncoming enemies as, as the framework for this, which, those are all things I like, um, and it's that it that, that that's that's the game uh, is kind of the, you know. It is what it says on the tin, uh, and that works really well. Uh, it is a uh, kind of run based game. Uh, as as you start out, you've got. Um, a mode where you can, you know, collect a thing that you dig up somewhere, and then that's the end of your run, sort of a th- sort of a deal. Um, or once you've unlocked the like score attack mode, beyond that, um, you can do runs that way. Um, <laughs> this is horrible. This.
0: <laughs> uh, like uh, how are you guys gonna fucking ignore what that was
2: because it was just a
1: fucking chair squeaking like. <laughs>
0: so like, so like, it's just. What? I was like what like I legitimately thought that was the squeaky ass part and you guys just <laughs> both ignored it I'm sorry Josh I didn't mean to I forgot behind, completely
2: what I was talking about I just got so more and more distracted as it went on um
0: like, honestly, if I did that, would you guys not have been like, what the fuck was that? I
1: don't know. I didn't even really notice it. Like, I didn't think about it until after you said something. How did you not?
0: <laughs> How did you not notice that? It sounded like straight, like, your pants ripped from the pressure of air <laughs> exiting your anus. But granted, it was a chair. I get it. It was a chair. Mm. You're right. To my dis- To my dissatisfaction.
2: Anyway. hell of a chair sorry, don't don't keep um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to where I was um anyway it, like the, the game oh, starts so off sorry. with um it does a really good job of kind of tutorializing what it is because since it is a run based game it's it's not really a roguelike but it's it's kind of a roguelike I mean it's way too short, like, scale wise, for you to really call it a roguelike, as far as that's concerned. Like it's 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 like a more arcadey run based sort of a game. Is I've heard people call it a roguelike and it I guess it's because kids at this point don't remember arcades. But like this this is way more of like okay, I put my quarter in it, see how far I can get sort of a feel to it. Um, granted it's way more in depth than those old arcade games are because you've got like, upgrade trees. Like, okay, I'm digging all this stuff up. What do I want to put points into? Like, I can make my drill stronger so I can dig through stuff faster, or I can upgrade my dome so I can defend myself better. It's kind of a matter of kind of wanting to do everything and then having to decide when you're actually able to upgrade stuff is, like, a big part of it. Like, um, you know, kind of almost almost like a uh, like an RTS feel of like I want to be like to make my economy as good as possible I want to be able to dig stuff up as fast as possible and all that stuff but also stuff's trying to kill me so you know yeah it's it's got that sort of you know need to build just enough defenses to squeak by in order to you know eventually make my economy so ridiculously strong that I'll overpower everything sort of a feel to the runs here that I really like cuz that's frankly I I've, I've talked before about how it's we, it's hard to get a lot of that RTS itch scratched at this point and this kind of feels a lot like that to me That's sort of you know optimizing a build but also since it's stuff is buried in the ground that you're going to dig up you you don't you can't predict like oh if I you know Tech up my digging here. It's still random. Like, if you might just dig in the wrong direction, and that won't actually pay off for you and, and keep you alive. So it's uh, you. You really have a lot more like risk management sort of problems going on because of that. And I've 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 really been enjoying this. Is this has kind of been my uh, um, you know turn on a show and then play a run of Dome Keeper. While it's on, sort of a sort of a game for this last week. Sure, yeah, those are those are nice yeah, to have. Yeah, and I'm I I've been loving it. It's the art is great. It's just you know pixel art with a really strong color scheme to it. Kind of like not a high number of colors per run, sort of like you'd see in a lot of old older games, but with um, well, you don't want colors. Yeah, to run. yeah. Um, the the um like whenever you load into a world, like you're you're this like it's sort of like uh you are the first explorer on this new planet sort of a thing. And so depending on the planet you drop in on, you get a different palette to work with each time. Um but it's it's still it's really pretty. Um just the it's it's kinda got that Game Boy color um sort of feel to it. You know how uh uh, if you turned on a Game Boy game with a Game Boy Color, you'd have a selection of palettes that you could work with to display the yeah, different yeah. values of gray that you would have worked with on the actual Game Boy. And it a lot yeah. of the palettes feel like that, um, and they just they're, yeah okay. they're really pretty. That's kind of nice though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Interesting. All right. So are you? Are you? Done no. With no. The I'm, game, I'm still. I'm still. It's like you don't
2: messing around with it because it's uh, again like I've, I've I've finished all the different map sizes on the collect a thing to get through the level and finish a run type play mode uh, I've not finished on the harder difficulties because um th- the game has three four difficulties on there? I think it's just three um might be four. I I can't remember. Anyway, regardless, uh, the first one's hard enough when you're learning the game. Um, And then I've been playing mostly on the medium setting so far. Uh, The the normal one is the one they start you on. They start you on normal. But then you actually look at the settings, and the highest difficulty is the one they say is how the game is meant to be played, eventually. And I'm not up to that difficulty yet, and the game is still really tough. Uh, So trying to manage that sort of you know threat against me I think is gonna require a lot more systems knowledge in order to be able to play it at that level yet and I'm, I'm not that I'm not there yet um, but yeah I'm okay. really really enjoying it it's just it's a really good puzzle and it's got the, the, the same sort of feel that you'd get playing an old arcade game like oh all right I, I think I learned one new thing about how I can make this work a little better? Let me let me try it again. Um, sort of a feel to it, and it just it really does that well.
0: That makes sense. So you're you're gonna stick with it for a while to try. And, yeah, you know, try to get maximize the amount of enjoyment you're having while also yeah yeah
2: definitely. It. i this is this is one I'm gonna try try to get my scores a little better on uh, at this point. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's got it. a really fun upgrade thing. Uh, like I told you, you've got kind of upgrade trees that you, like, you start out with. Like you pick what type of dome you want to defend with. Like you, the the default one is a uh, just a standard. You've got a laser. You shoot at stuff as it comes to you, uh, and then you can eventually as you because you unlock more and more gadgets and and stuff as you go that you can then choose to start your run with. Um like one of the ones you get not long after that is a sword dome that you 've just got a giant sword around your dome that you have to like swing back and forth to hit melee enemies um then when they come close enough to you it's like That's it's it's neat cool. like it's a, it's it kind of um really switches stuff up um currently there's only one Character type to play as the engineer who just digs, and uh, you know you have to be back at the dome, which it's kind of a time management thing. Like, oh, if I'm screwing around digging for too much, I might be way away from my dome whenever I someone attacks, and then you know I'll take a ton of damage by the time I even get back to defend myself. Um, They have announced, and it's like in the character select screen that they're they are making a whole other character type that's supposed to. Interact with this whole system differently, and it seems like they're going to be more of like an overseer, sort of a, a character type. So maybe, maybe less of that time management stuff th- than, um, like, giving orders from like a top-down perspective, sort of a thing. Is kind of it seems like mm. what they're leading that up to be. Which,
1: yeah, kind of makes
2: sense. Uh, also, you can, like, dig up these different artifacts that you can then use as additional gadgets for a run, like, um, you know, you'll start out with the ones you've already got, and then you have enough room for two additional gadgets under your dome that you can then slot in, and you'll, you will you may find more than that, but you can only fit the two of them, um, that then do, like, even wilder things, like, I found, like, an egg for a... Like a drill dinosaur thing that you can then pick up and drag him around, and he'll just go off and drill in a certain direction, and just drill for you. Um, yeah, which is just that's fun. And then that's also an additional upgrade tree, so you can put more resources into the thing you just found. Like, okay, I, uh, do I want that dinosaur to, uh, you know, be able to drill faster, or to, you know, follow my directions for longer before getting tired and stopping um, it just yeah there's there's so much stuff to juggle um, that I, I really like it I really like those deep sort of RTS puzzles like that where it's even just just understanding how the systems can be used to to actually get ahead of what seems like just ridiculously overwhelming odds is such a cool thing so for sure
0: cool it sounds like an intriguing game. I don't know if I'll get around to it this year, just yeah, due yeah. to all the games. I
2: really think I'll it's more of my thing. That maybe Rich, Rich, Rich likes RTS. Every yeah, I'm and then. looking at it. It looks, it looks pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, this this was absolutely my sort of game. Cool.
0: Definitely, It definitely sounds like your kind of game. Um, well, instead of taking a break, we're gonna end the show with some quick Patreon shoutouts. Uh, we like to shout out. Obviously the people who donate their time and the money to support um, us here at SwordComp allows us to make a lot all the content that we do and keeps the lights on here as we are completely you know listener funded and supported. So just a quick shout out to all of our Patreons, our wonderful Patreons. Thank you to Sandwich, Bernadette, Cy, Beefy Gamers, Josh L the Zalby Tani, Amber M, and my favorite one to say for three months running, Frederick Pussy Whiskers. Thank you to each one of you (laughs) for, uh, you know, being the awesome and wonderful fans that you are continue to support us. Seriously. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Um, Means a lot to us. And uh, hopefully we make you proud. (gasps) Hopefully we're making you proud. Are you okay, man? What's going on? Just have to look at your fucking ugly face every day.
1: Yeah, I know. I, that's
0: that's my reaction too when I log into these Skype
1: calls. Well, I have this shit minimized. I'm not looking <laughs> at you.
0: Smart. That's probably smart. Uh, Evaluate your own face. See what you can do better. Yeah, I like it, man. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Rich.
1: I think you're just okay
0: hey just like my mom anyways let's get out of here um i want to say happy halloween to each one of you out there i hope you enjoy this time um spooky time is Mm -hmm. fun times and one of the best times of the year um hopefully you enjoyed the conversation we will be back next week with more gaming talk uh also if you want to check out more content from us Head over to SwordChomp.com where we have more podcasts, an article section, a merchandising section, and a Patreon at Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. Where you can access lots of stuff and uh, get rewarded if you pay hard-earned money. <laughs> I'm not selling it very well this week. You tried, uh, though. Pay hard I, Not really. Uh, if you've... <laughs> If uh if you feel like uh donating to the Soar chomp cause, you can head over there, check that out, and uh you will be rewarded for your time and money, and we will be eternally grateful. So if you're interested, head over to patreon.com slash Please check that out. Um again, thank you to each and every one of you out there listening. Special thank you again to our patrons. Uh thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you to Josh and uh, Rich for being here and putting up with my ridiculously long <laughs> intro. I hope you guys got a good chuckle out of it. I
1: that. just got it. I was the baby.
0: <laughs> you were. You were. Uh. But now you are a man. Debatably. And, uh... Thank you for Some people say that's too big. Be, too big, indeed. Thank you for allowing me to be your host. Uh we will be back next week with another episode of the chomp cast or will
1: we yeah probably Oh, okay uh rich finish off episode (laughs) and what an episode so that's what we say that is
0: what we say yeah goodbye